Good morning, lovely St Michael's Face Group family. Welcome to Sunday Live on the 31st of January 2021. Or welcome whenever you are watching this. Watching this, excuse me. Is it really the last day of January? Where has that month gone? So welcome. Love seeing you join us and saying hello. Ah, sometimes this is the best kind of community we can do at the moment, isn't it? Just to be together like this online. So welcome to your Sunday morning. Welcome to this day when we join with countless others around the world, many meeting online uh, on Resurrection Day, on Sundays, the day that we remember all that God has done for us in Jesus. Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection. So that's what we're about this Sunday and I uh, hope this Sunday finds you relatively well and um, with a sense of hope and hopefully a sense of anticipation as we spend this time together. So although these occasions aren't are like our regular worship, it is still worship. Yes, we're not singing, um, we're not being physically together, but it's still an act of worship when we come and give this time to God when we come to attend to what he might say to us and recognise his presence with us. So may God bless you if you are sitting there somewhere on your own or you're listening or watching this out and about somewhere or you're there with your family or you're still tucked up in bed for whatever reason, um, whether you're feeling wonderful or not feeling so great, welcome to all of you and uh, thank you for joining um, with us today. So today we are going to be starting a new series, uh, Six Sunday Talks, um, under the heading Lifting the Lid. And these Sundays are going to be part of a kind of growing theme in the life of our church, which we're hoping will grow and develop in all sorts of ways through the year, called Living Well in Body, Mind and Spirit. And uh, this series is, is just one angle on... Um, paying attention to our well-being and to our wholeness. Quick recap on some things that we mentioned last time. Uh, the term uh, well-being doesn't crop up in the Bible as such. Um, psychology today says that it includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, a sense of meaning and purpose. Uh, another definition says your well-being is your personal evaluation of how well you can function, including responding to the problems that you face. Somebody's very simple idea of what well-being about is about is maybe well-being is just to do with feeling well and however we might describe feeling well. And then we know there's a greater understanding that our kind of well-being in the whole of our lives is collected to body, mind and spirit and how we are in those things and how they're all interconnected. So what's the Bible got to do with them? What's God's got to do with all this? As I said, the Bible doesn't have the word well-being in it, but it does have this other word, Hebrew word, shalom, in there. Normally the word shalom is translated in our English Bibles as peace. But it's far more than that. It's far more than just the absence of conflict. Shalom encompasses wholeness and health and well-being, not just for me, but also for those around me as well. 
The biblical shalom means being rightfully and joyfully related to God, related to ourselves, related to others and related to God's earth as well, God's creation. And we know that the Bible story shows how we messed up those relationships. We messed up that shalom, that well-being from the garden. And the Bible story is the epic tale of God seeking us out with his love, trying to win us back to him, eventually sending Jesus, who on through his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection makes atonement for us. We mentioned last time our atonement. One way of thinking of that is at one month. In, on the cross, Jesus puts us back into a loving relationship with God the Father, puts us back into a good relationship with ourselves, with one another and God's world. That's the huge potential that Jesus has won for us um, at the cross. And this Lifting the Lid series is all about wanting us to explore a bit more about what that well-being is about, particularly with issues related to mental health, mental ill health. And it's called Lifting the Lid because we are pleased that many more people are speaking about mental health, mental ill health, uh, but we know that we need much more of that. We just want to be part of that movement that kind of says it's okay to talk about our health in every way, including our mental health. God is interested too in the whole of life, um, every aspect of us. We know that one in four of us will have a diagnosable mental health condition in our lifetime, we're, whether we're Christians or not. It doesn't matter. The, you know, the stats seem to be the same. And uh, each week we're going to be looking at a well-known Bible story uh, to help us understand how God treats those who are stigmatised, exhausted, rejected, uh, hopeless and heartbroken. And we'll take the approach that um, you know, as we explore these issues, it is about us personally, but it also affects those around us. I may well say something more about that. But we're going to see as we go through these stories what practical ways um, we can think of to make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of our families and in our community. And those of us who live in Bishop Cleveland, Woodman County, these villages, in our villages here, we want this stuff uh, to be real. Now, I recognise as we come to this series, it's also a series that our life groups, some of our life groups are studying in more detail week by week at the moment, that we, you're listening to this and it may well be that you yourself are wrestling with mental ill health at the moment. You may have anxiety or stress, depression, a bipolar, all sorts of things. You may have a history in the past, or it may be that um, these issues are very much to do with those uh, somebody in your family or a friend or a work colleague um, and we'll all have different responses to this thing we know we might have avoided mental health issues you know it's, we just can't see a mental health issue it's so illness it's so difficult in comparison to a physical illness we might feel scared about it we might just feel so ill-equipped I've been there I know all about that I'm no expert now at all. So we might avoid and ignore, or we may have learned to address and listen uh, to um, people who are ill in uh, mind, body or spirit in all sorts of ways. Um, but we do understand that we feel often out of our depth uh, for all sorts of reasons. And we're not offering these Sundays saying that we're experts at St Michael's. You know, we have some people who do have some serious expertise, but we're not saying we've got all the answers here. We just want to be a part of the journey of us traveling through 2021, you know, to better well-being from whatever our starting point is. And hopefully these Sundays 
can be a little bit of part of that and get us talking and thinking. So um, today we're going to share a Bible story uh, that is a well-known story, well-known to many. If you ever went to Sunday school, it's one of those stories guaranteed you would have done this story at uh, Sunday school. Guaranteed. Every school that's ever had a Christian, Christian assembly would have shared this story. I've shared this story countless times. I still love it. And the wonder of our Bible story is that we can always come to them afresh. So may, so may God bless us. As we hear this story again, as we inhabit this story, and as we reflect on some of the issues that it brings up for us, and then may God lead us to some kind of helpful action that's going to be good to ourselves or good to another. So it's the story of Zacchaeus, and it's found in Luke chapter 19. If you've got a Bible there and you want to follow along, Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it might may crop up in the... Um, in the stream there as well, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It's a lovely translation of this story. And we're going to be thinking how Jesus looks upon those who are outsiders stigmatised by their community. So here we go. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector of the region and had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people of them on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, that's a term Jesus sometimes used for himself, the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So let's talk about Zacchaeus then and why he's ostracised, why he's an outsider. We hear that he's short, he's a rich tax collector, people call him a sinner, and that he was a cheat. So being short, but well, that wasn't particularly a reason for him to be ostracised. It may have stood him apart, so to speak. We know there are all sorts of physical attributes and qualities that we have that somehow make us stand apart. It may be because we're short. It may be because we're really tall. It may be because, well, we've got red hair, okay. And um, bearing in mind, I always wanted to go out with a redhead and ended up marrying one as well. So I think red hair is great. But, it, you know, certain people of certain shapes will be um, uh, picked on or picked out, as it were, because of who they are. Maybe it's the way that you speak, your dialect, um, all sorts of reasons that might get us to stand apart in ways that we can see and hear. So he's short, but his disadvantage that we may think or at that time for him, because he couldn't get through the crowd, actually turns out to play massively in his favour 
because of something he does in terms of what happens next. Maybe if he hadn't have been short, none of this story would have happened. He would have just been in there in the crowd. But he realised something that's holding him back at that time. But amazingly, he uses it for his favour, it turns out, and he climbs the tree and then the whole story unfolds. So maybe he looked back on his life and said, thank you, God, you made me short. May we each be able to say something to God about that in thanksgiving for the way that we might feel that we were made to feel different. OK, then he's a, a tax collector, a rich tax collector. Uh, we see now this is a, a major difficulty, really, because here he had deliberately placed himself in a difficult relationship with his own people, the Jewish people. The Romans would hire particular Jews to collect taxes from the Jews for the Romans. The Romans were the occupying force, if you like, uh, in Palestine, in Jerusalem, this, all this whole area. And Zacchaeus was one of those who had chosen to side with the Romans to get himself an established job, pretty well paid, um, get himself, you know, with uh, money, wealth, status amongst some perhaps, but not amongst his own people. So that was a massive problem, collecting taxes from his own people to give to the Romans. And then we hear that he's called a sinner. Um, what did the term say? A notorious sinner. This guy was really known as being a sinner. Now, again, in the literature of the New Testament, in the Gospels, sinner there is a catch-all term for someone who is outside the central Jewish community, which was social and religious and family. It was the whole thing all together. And it covered, the Jewish society covered every aspect of life. If you were left out of one area, you were left out of the whole thing. Their sin, these sinners, was perceived as being, having taken themselves deliberately outside that family, that religious family against they living against the society rules and culture and along the way therefore they were disobeying God so they were kind of really kept to one side pointed at ostracized sidelined so uh, and then he would have been seen as a cheat as well yes tax collectors often creamed off money for themselves they collected so much from their uh, from their Jewish people uh, their neighbors uh, and then they kept some for themselves as they passed it on to the Romans. So we can see Zacchaeus has got a big issue here. You know, if we'd have known him, we probably wouldn't have liked him either. Zacchaeus was stigmatised. That's the big word, if you like. Um, kept aside, uh, kept outside, kept at a distance, looked down upon. Now, I'm not saying that Zacchaeus had a mental illness here at all. We just don't know what his character and his personality was like. Certainly the factors in his life could have led him that way, but we just don't know. What I am saying is that when we suffer with a mental illness of one sort or another, it can lead to being stigmatized, left out, ignored, passed over, sidelined. And the likelihood is that some of you listening or watching this will have had experience of that. Just as some of us would have had experience of having an ankle or an arm in plaster 
and people would have seen it and asked us how it happened and they would have given us the time to get better before we joined the team again or before we could get back to our particular bit of work, you know, and we might have had help and uh, sense of pity and, and people wanting to look after us. But the chances are, if you had uh, you know, a season of mental ill health, that you, well, you could have well felt stigmatised and left out. And you could have sat next to Zacchaeus and said, OK, different reasons why I was sat on the lonely bench here. But maybe there's the sense that we uh, could still be suffering from things that kind of overlap. How do we respond to people that don't fit in? People who are stigmatised because they how they are different. And we've all been a part, if we haven't been part of being stigmatised, the likelihood is through our lives we have played a part in other people being stigmatised. Now, stigma is when someone sees you in a negative way in the set, our setting we're thinking of today because of a mental illness. That discrimination can follow when someone treats us in a negative way because of our mental illness. First the stigma, then the discrimination. First the thing, how they think of us, then the discrimination, how they actually treat us uh, in work or in society or in the queue in the supermarket or wherever it might be. You know, social stigma and the discrimination that can come with it and then the mental health issues that can come with it, you know, can cause those mental problems that the person had underlying to become worse and stop a person from getting the help that they need. It seems like, and you'll know this, that many people in this way with serious mental illness are doubly challenged. One struggling with the symptoms and disabilities that result from their illness. And on the other hand, challenged by the stereotypes and the prejudice that result from the misconceptions about mental illness and the stigma that's wrongly attached to it. People with mental health problems are amongst the least likely in any group with a long-term health condition or disability to find work, to be in a steady long-term relationship, to live in decent housing, uh, or to be socially included in mainstream society. Now, we don't know, as I said, if Zach had a diagnosable mental health issue, but he was socially excluded from the mainstream. And being in mainstream society is what God has made us for. So who would we be in that story of Zacchaeus? Who have we been? Who are we going to look to be in the future? Now, have we been maybe one of those in the crowd then? You know, there's Zacchaeus. Immediately we see him uh, up there in the tree. Oh, there he is hiding away again, but then feeling awful and so cross when Jesus calls him by name and then wants to have a meal with him, to come to his home. The, the, you know, the set, the, it's almost like he's going to come to stay there. And, and to eat with somebody else, to stay in their home, was the deepest show of wanting a close, emotional, relational connection with somebody. He, Jesus wasn't treating this guy the way he should have been treated. So I can imagine being in the crowd saying, hey, why him? Why not me, Jesus? You know, I've been a good bloke. You know, I'm normal. I fit in. I'm not a sinner like he was. You know, we've all been there in the crowd, haven't we? How are we when we see others around us in our village. Maybe there's someone you've got in mind right now. Maybe somebody at work. Maybe someone that lives in your road or your lane. 
maybe someone that you see regularly in the supermarket kind of person that you just kind of subtly avoid so you don't quite have to say hello to them we've all been there haven't we who are we in the crowd or maybe we sense that we may be a bit like Zacchaeus really feeling that I don't know we got something wrong that maybe something of I don't know maybe something we did and I'm not saying that if you're one that's suffering with mental health issues it's because of anything that you did part of Zacchaeus's problem was something that he did the way he acted but the sense that we might share with him if we were Zacchaeus we're just feeling oh, I just don't I hate this being left out thing I hate it when people avoid me and look down on me and call me names maybe like Zacchaeus there can be that place of you know wanting help somehow looking for help maybe that's what he was looking for from Jesus he perhaps heard about Jesus how Jesus I don't know, changed people's lives and loved all kinds of people and he just wanted to get a view and and we've been there too and maybe some of us who you know watch this stuff online it's it's easy it can be a bit like being up in the tree getting a safe view because nobody knows where there's not the same as kind of walking into our church building is it and and uh being after you know people seeing you and chatting to people and all that kind of thing it it can be hard to, to do that unless you go to a big cathedral or Cheatsbury Abbey and you can walk into a great big place and be pretty anonymous you come to St Michael's Apart from the fact it's such a lovely community, people are going to want to, going to, want to say hello to you. Um, that can be tough though if we're not used to it. And, you know, so I understand that it can be a safe place to be up in the tree. And maybe as you watch some of these talks and, and listen to me and you've heard God though somehow and you've heard perhaps, and my hope and my prayer is that you would still somehow, however you are, hear God call your name. And the, the thing that is causing you to be watching or listening or lean into this stuff is because although you might not want to consider yourself a believer or a Christian maybe that worries you or something but there's something inside of you which is searching and seeking looking for meaning purpose and answer so in that sense we can all be like Zacchaeus or maybe we look at the story and think actually I'd like to be like Jesus well how does Jesus act in this story what's he like well, he's on his way to Jerusalem. That's the backstory here. He's going somewhere important. It's going to be a really important part of his life. Um, but the beauty about Jesus, so often he stops the crowd to notice the one. And that is such good news. He's on his way to Jerusalem, but he stops and notices Zacchaeus up in that tree. And he allows Zacchaeus to interrupt his journey. And the wonder of Zacchaeus hearing Jesus call him by name, thereby recognising him as human, honouring him, dignifying him in front of all those people. That's our Jesus. That's his love for us. And then he asked Zacchaeus for help. You know, come down. I've got to come to your place and eat and maybe stay today. Jesus often does that. He kind of asks us questions and encourages us to be part of a solution that involves him and us. He does all that in front of everybody else. You can imagine Zacchaeus thinking, he's called me by name, oh no, what's he gonna say? Hey, now he's smiling. I like the look in his eyes and he, he wants to be with me. Oh, that we could each sense that somehow, this day, whatever our situation. He comes then to Zacchaeus' house and we imagine him going in there, oh, to have 
been a fly on the wall there and bringing God's holy presence and love into Zacchaeus's life and family. Likely he's got family there. Um, you know, Zacchaeus bursting in. Um, Mrs. Zacchaeus, we've got company. Um, it's Jesus, another one we heard. He's here right now. I'm not ready. It doesn't matter. Jesus comes and meets us where we are. Up in the tree, trying to be anonymous, into our home, not quite ready for him. Doesn't matter. He comes and enters that place and Jesus values Zacchaeus in a way that the community has not. And he gives Zacchaeus a, a, a way of rethinking his own value and his value in the community. And he doesn't judge Zacchaeus. Wow. And Zacchaeus is changed, though, somehow, because he says those amazing words, doesn't he? I'm going to give half my stuff away. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times as much. So he's making retribution to the man who's, well, Jesus says salvation has come to this house. And it's a lovely picture about what salvation is. Salvation isn't just about us praying, oh, Jesus, come into my heart. I'm sorry for what I've done. I turned my life around. It is that. And that is really important. But here we see how salvation, when God puts us right again through Jesus, it affects everything. So Jesus, in that term, salvation is personal for Zacchaeus. His life's turned around. It affects his whole family. And Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this home. That's the idea that's probably going on here. And it's come to his community as well, because Zacchaeus is putting himself right with people around him. You know, salvation's come to his whole economic world, his finances, everything has been changed by this God. And that's how he continues to work today. So as I come into land here, I hope that we can be hearing that Jesus is God loving us when we have been stigmatised, left out by our communities. And that means for those who have mental ill health as well at this time. That's how Jesus wants to love those people. And we know there are plenty of stories in the gospel of how Jesus went to those. Sometimes it says they were demon possessed. You know, what does that exactly mean? Somehow they have a, a spirit within them that's oppressive or depressive or something like that. And um, sometimes we think that could be some kind of mental illness that's tied up in that. Certainly through the New Testament, we see some of that, but we always see Jesus. We always see his followers, the disciples, after he'd left them and gone back to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, walking towards those people, loving them bringing Jesus uh, love to them. So um, this is the good news of Jesus in all this stuff. Um, so I hope that we can hear this individually, that whatever your setting, whatever your situation, whatever your past, may you know Jesus looking at you in the tree, wherever you are in your setting and calling you by name and inviting you to travel with him through 2021. He can make all the difference to your life and to my life. He transforms us, saves us from a hideous past and for a wonderful future with him forever. So it is an individual thing, but this is also a community thing as well. Now, wouldn't it be great if anybody in our Facebook community, in the wider Facebook community in Cleveland, beyond, or wherever you happen to live, that network community apart, you know, no one was stigmatised. No one was put down because they'd made a mistake by what they posted online. No one was thought of, oh, it's them posting again. It's them doing their thing.
But everybody was loved. Everybody was honoured. Everybody was called by name. Nobody was put down and criticised in front of everybody. Imagine that, the happiest Facebook group in the world. Why can't we make those uh, ours in Bishop's Cleve? And there are a few of them just like that or wherever you are. Imagine a, a village where, I don't know, you're trying to park your car over at Tesco car park and you're making a right pig's ear of it. But actually it's not embarrassing, it's not shaming when somebody says, I'll see you back, I'll see you in. Even if you're a bloke, it isn't, as a bloke it used to be the sort of thing, if you can't parallel, parallel park, you know, what sort of man are you? Thankfully we passed those sorts of things behind. But you get the idea, imagine a place where you know, we weren't out to shame one another and it didn't, we weren't looking to criticise each other because somehow, knowingly or unknowingly, what we liked about it is it made us feel good. If we just let people be. That together thing, who will God have us walking past this week? That person that sits on the bench, often on their own, eating something, drinking a bottle of Coke, or whatever it might be, that God would just have us say hello to, that we might dignify them, honour them as another human being made in the image of God. Imagine that. Imagine that person that you think looks different because of the, how they've dyed their hair or they're covered in tattoos and that's not your thing. Whatever it might be, imagine Jesus looking upon them and you joining their gaze, me joining their gaze and then saying, hi, how's your day going? Imagine that all across our village, everybody doing that. So this thing is to do with all of us together. No stigmas allowed here. How about having a sign like that outside our villages? All can belong. All are loved and respected. Why? Because God says so. Why? Because Jesus shows us in the story of Zacchaeus. So the rest of this talk will have its conclusion in our lives. So if you've got something further to say about that, do put something in the comments if you like, if you've got any ideas or thoughts, and do travel through us uh, with us during these weeks. There's one thing else I meant to say at the beginning, apart from the fact there's going to be, uh, I'm just going to pray in a moment, and then after that there'll be uh, Zoom, coffee and chat, I'll be opening that up uh, straight after this, uh, as if you're watching live on Sunday morning, you're welcome to join us, the um, the link should uh, pop up on the stream there. I also meant to say at the beginning that this week coming up is going to be another week. We're at nine o'clock. I'll be live. Um, I'm live for the days and I pre-record um, Friday. That's usually my day off. And uh, nine o'clock for a few minutes, 10 minutes. Sometimes it's gone just over that. I've just been silent and reflective. I have a reading, some thoughts to share and two periods of silence that looks like people are finding really helpful. It's all part of this package of us looking after ourselves in body, mind and spirit. So that could be something new for you, but come and join me at nine o'clock tomorrow morning live or it's there anytime during the day. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank and praise you for Jesus who saw Zacchaeus and didn't turn away, but called him by name and then changed his life. May we who find ourselves like Zacchaeus, hear you call our name today. May we find ourselves with you, Lord Jesus. May we know your love and your saving us, your transforming us and giving us a new start. And may we in our villages and towns and cities be those who refuse 
to stigmatise somebody else, whoever they may be, that we may be a blessing to one another's well-being. Amen. Great to be with you, everybody. Look forward to seeing you soon. Bye now.